Action Park Media. Welcome back to Entertain Her. I'm Sarah Sanderson. Erica Cedeno. Hi, guys. Aaron Coscarelli. Aaron is back in the country. Woo! Oh, all right. I want to hear yeah. all about Aaron's trip. We are going to go into, oh, Aaron, we, we decided one person says it. And guess what? It's going to be you today. What are we going to go into? Is it time for the wind down? Yes. Oh, I like that. It was sexy. Ooh, the wind down time. Get your wine. We're going down. A nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aaron. All right, Aaron. Um, I almost called you Erica. Aaron, come on. Fill us in. How was the trip? It looked like a fairy tale wedding. It was. It was really beautiful, guys. It was interesting because I was so on the fence to go. So much is just going on in my life and just been, you know, up and down and in beautiful confrontation of personal development and challenges and all of that. So I procrastinated booking this European trip. Plus, I don't really love the concept of traveling by myself, but I did. Uh, a go- we had a girlfriend got, who got married and then it worked out kind of perfectly. Actually, another girlfriend of mine who I went to college with asked me first before the wedding even came on deck um, about a retreat in Greece and it's a yoga retreat. So like someone like me who doesn't do yoga or, you know, of course, I, we all are in L.A. It's a very popular practice to take up. It just seemed kind of like the last thing I would consider doing, but it ended up being such a beautiful experience. If you haven't been to Greece, it was actually on my bucket list. It's funny because I I journal and I went back to like a bucket list that I had written a while ago and Greece was on it. Um, So we went to this small island called Kufanisi and that's where this six day six day retreat, which I was like, good God, that feels really long to do three hours of yoga every day. Um, And it was really hard. Um, There were moments of boredom. There were moments of stillness. There was moments of like pure and utter bliss. We, the, the retreat leaders um, rented a boat and we jumped off this boat. I dove actually, we dove. And then there were cliffs where we jumped off cliffs. And so it was a really nice opportunity to kind of ground yourself, recenter yourself in the most epic looking location. If you've never been to Greece, I highly, highly recommend it. It's really beautiful. Um, and then, yeah, the wedding, of course, Nicole, our friend Nicole, she got married um, to her longtime partner. And their son, Harrison, was there, who was like the cutest, most adorable human. And um, yeah, it was really nice. I spent a lot of time with Lin- with Linda, who's Nicole's mom. And to hear Nicole's mom talk about Nicole, Sarah, I don't know if you've met Nicole, but I know E knows her. And she is just one of those humans that is like a beacon of light who is so kind, she's so welcoming, she's so inclusive. She's the kind of friend who supports when good things happen to you and doesn't have envy or jealousy. She's just like an ultimate great girlfriend. So it was really nice from beginning to end. I am just so happy to be back. I'm ready to get back into the swing of things. I'm very jet lagged. I woke up at 1 a.m. today. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, now my work is integrating all the things that I, grasped and learned from Europe back to my home in LA. Wow. E-Dog, I, that is on my bucket list. So I've never been to Europe and everybody's going to Europe these days. 
I went, I've been to Italy, um, when I was like single and young, um, but I've never done like a true Europe trip. So I was just kind of living vicariously through your Instagram. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I feel like there's so many friends in Europe right now too. And that is definitely on the bucket list. And I am inspired that you did the yoga because I'm like you where I don't do yoga. It takes a certain personality to be able to actually do it. And I'm always awe in awe about people that can, that can do that type of work. How was it? How was it at the end of your yoga experience? Were you, were, will you be a yogi or yeah. are you like, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm, I really want to be a yogi because yoga isn't just about doing a bunch of stretches and getting flexible. Yoga is the challenge of doing those stretches and really emotionally, mentally, and physically it's body, mind, spirit, getting into complete presence. And so mm. it's amazing because when you do these little stretches, it can invoke emotion. And a lot of women carry emotion in our hips. So when, you know, so like, and then there's breath work. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with doing breath work. Breath work is a really great opportunity for your nervous system to sort of release emotions and things that we carry. So during, I mean, girlfriends, like almost every single day I was crying at something. I was crying at a cat, like a <laughs> spider. Like it was just, you know, Nicole's mom that I was having these chats with. It was really an emotional trip. And it was confronting and it was magical. You know, I think even when uh, hard things happen, I think it's like when you can look at it and shift your perspective of this is why is this happening for me? Like, what's the big picture thing to learn? In fact, I'll, I'll tell you a really quick story. So I one of the days all the girls were gone, they were at the beach and I made the decision. I'd gotten so much sun that I was going to stay in this hammock and write and journal and read. And then I started to feel and actually I was journaling about what is magnetism, like what is being a magnetic? to a person. And so then it was really crazy during this journal writing, I started to feel FOMO. I was like, not really trusting my decision of staying back. I was in this big villa all by myself. So it was like feeling FOMO and getting kind of depressed. And then all of a sudden, one of the girls that I had no idea, she stayed back. Her name was Isabel, actually British woman. And she walks over to me and she's like, what book are you reading? And what are you journaling about? And I shared with her the whole thing of like, I'm writing about magnetism and magnetism, in my opinion, is the detachment of the outcome. It's like being fully present, not needing other people to help you figure out what you need right now. It's kind of just knowing thyself. And she said, wow, I really wish I was doing what you're doing in this moment. And it was such a profound, like full circle moment, because in that moment, I was like, no, I'm going to stay back. I want to journal, be, be like, we have some alone time, but I was questioning it and I was writing about magnetism and I'm like, why am I questioning? And then I had someone come to me and go, I love what you're doing right now. So it's like, those are the moments of universe kind of showing you when you're questioning things that you're actually right on path. So that was a really cool, profound thing that actually happened to me during the trip. <laughs> Did she start writing about something journaling? You inspired her. I know she did. I think she just started. It was really cute. She was almost like my little patio mate. She would have like a side of the patio and she would read. And then I had a hammock and I was literally in this hammock almost 24 seven. I felt really bad. I was like, does anyone want the hammock? But it was so nice. <laughs> really good. Yeah. It sounds it like an amazing same. trip. Welcome back. And I'm so sorry you've been up since 1 a.m. I was up at 
close to then, but I <laughs> went back to sleep. Uh, and Erica, you are about to go on vacation. You guys are all in these summer vacations. I'm living vicariously through both of you. Yeah, I'm going back to my hometown. I haven't been back to Illinois, you guys, for probably since 2016. And my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. We're celebrating their their union and love. 50, can you believe it? 50 years. What is the secret? Find out for us. Yeah. Uh, Patience (laughs) and understanding that people are different. I really feel that. Um, My parents got married at a very young age. Uh, my mom was 17, actually, when they got married. So oh, I think wow. just just kind of growing through your differences. Obviously, you're you're going to change a lot. Even Matt and I have even witnessed that even at 13 years. And I'm like, let's make it to 50. Like, what do we? You know, it's it's hard. It's trying, and you have to be understanding. That's for sure. Quick side note: both of my grandparents made it to 50 years, and I asked them what the secret was, and they obviously didn't know I asked each other this, like both sets of grandparents and my grandpa, on my dad's side, he said, um, grandma's always right. Was his answer. <laughs> and my grandpa, on my mom's side said, yes, dear. Yes. That was what they said. So obviously maybe there's something there. It was really cute actually at the wedding for Nicole, when someone gave the speech, they said the happiest couples are the best forgivers, right? Because mm-hmm. you're always feeling and we're facing challenges when we're with somebody all the time. So the happiest couples are the quickest to forgive or like the best forgivers or something like that. I I thought that was cute. That is, that is very true. Um, But you guys, I would just want to report something fun. So remember I had said about uh, the player, the player that Jackson's obsessed with LAFC. So I had went to an LAFC game, took him back on Saturday with another friend and he actually saw Jackson. He came out of the tunnel, saw Jackson, had a moment with him, took pictures, got the autograph, everything like the whole, it was like VIP treatment. This, I just want to shout him out. I don't know if you guys are LAFC fans out there, but Bawanga, Dennis Bawanga is literally the most, he's a talent on the field, but he's also the sweetest guy off the field. And he went up to Jackson and said, I see your videos because we've shouted him out on Instagram quite a bit. And so he told Jackson, I see your videos. And next time you come to my game, I want to give you my jersey. And Jackson's just like, he can't even speak. And I'm like, sweetest, most amazing thing ever. So when we come back from Chicago, that's actually the game that we're going to go to on the 12th. So I'm just, he better give him his Jersey. (laughs) I know he will, he will. And then he introduced me to his wife because him and his wife and I have been kind of talking on Instagram and again, sweetest they're, they're from France. They moved here from France. He's playing for LFC from, from France. And um, yeah, we exchanged numbers and hopefully we can like do lunch or dinner or something because she's amazing. And I just wanted to put that out there that People like that to me are the people that should have that fame. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many celebrities. We've talked about it here in Hollywood. There's so many celebrities in, in LA, as you know, that won't even speak to anybody are just, it's, it's as if they want the fame, but they don't want the fame. Cause like they don't want to be bothered. Like don't exactly, exactly. But what goes in to your job is that, you know, people look up to you and I just, 
I just had a moment where I'm like, you know, that people like that deserve all the accolades in the world because they're not only doing it for the money, they're doing it for the right purpose, which is being a role model. So just shout out to um, the Bawanga family. Um, I'll go fast. I had a cool thing happen. Uh, I was Saturday. Um, cause you know, obviously like as much as I love motherhood, part of me is missing, you know, I've been an actor for so long and like the career, like my career and like work and auditions and all that. And I ran into somebody and he's like, are you in this movie circle? And I said, yeah, he goes, I watched it two nights ago. And then his wife walks over and he's like, she was in circle that we just watched. She's like, no way. Great job. So it was kind of cool. This is a movie, an independent film I did in 2015 that Netflix um, bought. So it's on Netflix. And if you like, like horror films, and then I know there's like the circle, ours is circle. And it's a black, it's like a black poster with a bunch of red dots in a circle. That's the movie. Um, people either love it, like a cult film, or they hate it. Like they think it's the worst thing that they've ever seen. So it's definitely like you're one or the other. Um, but it's a good reminder because I know that the WGA is still on, on strike and SAG may be striking um, that we need to strike because this movie, again, 2015 independent film. I didn't get paid a lot. We shot this movie, I think in two weeks, it's still somehow on one of Netflix's main page. Like so I don't even know how many people have seen it. Cause you can't see their numbers, but if you go to IMDB, it has at least 60,000 reviews. The new guardians of the galaxy, which is a huge, huge, huge movie has 120,000 reviews. So if that gives you kind of like a gauge of how many people have seen circle, and guess how much I've made in residuals? A hundred dollars since 2015. Is that, is that because it's not like on a network TV? Cause all the streaming that's because they, it's streaming. And that yeah. is why we need to change that. Cause that's not right. You know, as much as I yeah. love like that, they saw my work, they liked it. The movie is still out there. It's also like, well, who's who's making money from these people watching this? Like, is it just Netflix or is it the people that bought it? It's almost like for people listening, the sports equivalent is if you're buying a jersey and the person's name you're buying from isn't the portion isn't actually going to the athlete, you know, like that's does it go to the athlete when you buy as a college athletes? It didn't used to. But yeah. So anyway, it was a good reminder of um, maybe we need to strike. I don't know. (laughs) Something needs to change drastically with the streaming but also thank you for watching circle anyone who wants to see it (laughs) go watch circle um and then we're gonna get into an interesting topic and you guys it's sort of like you know how how life imitates art we discussed the other day wanting to do this topic and it's gonna be you know competition and friendship we're all a lot of us in the same business how do you deal with going up for the same parts as your friend or maybe you have the same career goals and they're ahead of you or you're ahead of them. And there's definitely, definitely competition that happens. And how do you deal with it? This morning I'm on Instagram randomly scrolling and this um, acting teacher I follow named Sherry Shaw. She posts this quote today from an actor saying, I'm an ambitious person. I never consider myself in competition with anyone. And I'm not saying that from an arrogant standpoint. It's just that my journey started so, so long ago and I'm still on it and I won't stand still. And then she goes on to explain like how you are original and like, you can't be in competition with anyone because you are you and they are them. 
And it's such like a, a thing that you, when I first started out, I definitely didn't understand that. And it's something that still some people can't comprehend. And it still sometimes hurts, you know, if you both really want something and you don't get it and you're happy for your friend. But part of you is like, oh man, like I can't pay my rent today. They have a bunch of money. You know, it's like, how do you, so I don't know. Anyways, we're going to open up that discussion of how you deal, especially in competitive industries, like a lot of us are in with competition and your friends. I think it's, 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 it's a very interesting topic because with, it doesn't only, in my opinion, it doesn't only happen when you're on the same track. It happens, you could be on completely opposite tracks, opposite careers, but it's still happening. And I think it comes with happiness. After all, if you're happy with where you are, or if you're wanting something else, usually that's when there's some some sort of flare that happens within you, a trigger, right? A competitive trigger that happens where you're like, oh, and you start questioning yourself. But if you feel good about where you're at and your happiness and everything is, you're on the right path, I don't know that it happens so much. And I will say that it probably happens um, when you're younger because it's natural to be a little bit, you know, immature. It happens even with kids, like I see it with Jackson, obviously he's very involved with soccer and he's, you know, competitive with his friends or his soccer teammates or whatever it, you know, just, I want to be the best soccer player. I want to be better. And I'm like, you are on your track. You are you worry about just you. He's worried about outside noise. And I think that's the hardest thing is when you start thinking about what everybody else is doing instead of what you're doing that's when you feel the competitive nature. You nailed, yes. you nailed yes. the core there, E, with the word happiness. Because I think, and like you said, Sarah, we don't really know, or, or you said it, E, when we're young, I think we don't know what makes us happy yet. And so mm-hmm. until you start to really figure out what fulfills you, you look outside to figure out, oh, that person. And, you know, now we're even in a more dangerous spot with social media and seeing how happy, quote unquote, everyone else looks like. And we don't really Mm. know if they're actually portraying the truth. Meaning, you know, you saw me go on this beautiful adventure. I mean, I sent you guys some photos and stuff like that. And if people outside looking in that don't know what my life is like, they would go, oh, she's so happy. Like, look at But I think, you know, when you have to, when you're dealing with grief or you're dealing with loss or you're dealing with all the things that come with life, you're looking outside and not really knowing what other people are going through. And I think that's the place where social media comes in or not really tapping into what actually makes you fulfilled and happy. And so we look to others to dictate that for us. And, you know, I have definitely been on both sides. I've definitely been the person that has looked outside where I've used other people as the metric for happiness. Oh, I should be doing this job or I should be driving this car. Or if I lived in this house, I'd be happier. And I think it's really powerful when you can call yourself out and you start to look at like, where does desire actually come from? Oh, desire, even though it can be healthy to feel like we want to be ambitious, if it's coming from a place of not feeling grateful for what we have, then yeah, exactly. Like you said, E, we'll look to other people and then we'll feel jealous. We won't really genuinely wish that they're having happiness themselves. And so when they 
find success, we don't feel genuinely happy for them. Does that make sense? Yes. A thousand percent. That's exactly. And then also I feel when you are really happy for somebody like genuinely happy, you support them a thousand percent. Like you're always there for them. You're saying positive things. You're helping them out. Like obviously even last week I shared that Coscarelli here, EC dog, EC, EC, by the way, a lot of people liked EC just so you know, everybody was a comment. Yeah. About we that. got I some comments. <laughs> they like that you signed off EC. <laughs> EC over here is a perfect example. Sarah, you are too, but EC, you know, we were both um, writing a show and she referred me to an amazing producer. And that's not normal. I feel, I I feel like that's honestly not normal because she would want to keep, keep it for her or keep it for just her. It's her relationship. And to me, that was just, and, and I even told her, I'm like, Karen, I'm going to take care of you. You know that, right? And she's just like, no, I don't even want that. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't want that? Um, but she's just like genuinely cares about me and growing and wanting to support and be there if she can. And just like I would do it for her if she had, a, you know, if there was a relationship that she wanted or she needed, I would a thousand percent do that for her too, like to grow her career I mean, I just feel like that's a, that was a perfect and beautiful example of how you are there for your friends. I feel like we are really a good, all of us do that. I feel like Sarah, you do that too. You introduced me to a a friend of yours. That's a producer as well for something else. You guys are just the type of people that everybody needs in their life. And if you don't have that person and I, I have both, I feel like I have people that aren't genuinely happy for me. And, um, I, I am, I still like to be friends with, I'm, I'm still okay being friends with them, but the energy is just not the same. Like I was I, just going to say, how do you handle it when you have someone that you can tell is competitive with you and not genuinely happy? I mean, you know, I feel like there's different friendships for different reasons. Um, you know, there's those that you go to and talk to about everything and anything, and they're almost like family. Right. And then there's some that, you know, maybe you guys are friends with or that you just gel with in certain moments and you can only take certain amounts of energy like time with them um i have a lot of friends that were friends because of our kids are friends so i think there's just like different um different stages of friendship and i'm not saying that we can't go deeper and and get to where we you know, jet like would like to be maybe, but there's new friendships and there's deeper connected friendships. And I mean, I've been friends with you guys for so long and it's almost like where friendships turn into family. Like, I feel like if I needed something, you guys would be there. We, we would do that for each other. And there, there'd be no, there'd be no, um, judgment. There's no judgment. And that's, I gotta say, I got to say, it's so important to have people like that in your life because yeah, you need to feel supported and to not feel like alone in your wins. But I'm going to be totally honest. So when I was younger and I first moved here, of course, you know, like you, you haven't quite grasped the concept of you are unique, like kind of like what that acting teacher was saying, like you go to these auditions, it's 50 blondes or it's 50 brunettes, like all these people look like you. All of your friends are going in for the same role. And a lot of these roles are like life-changing roles. And I found this in the modeling industry as well as in the acting industry. And I had this one friend who 
didn't even want to be a model, didn't want to be an actor, was a track star, moved here, um, is gorgeous. Like literally the most, one of the most beautiful people naturally that I've ever seen. And people would stare at her because she's just that pretty. And she'd be like, what are you staring at? Like she hated it, but she's gorgeous. So she comes to LA again, had no, like no dreams. And I, I've dreamt since I was like a little girl to like do all these things. Right. So she comes here, we get the same agent. She is booking every single audition that we both go in for. Like she's booking everything. She's booking acting jobs. She's never even taken an acting class. She's never even had to pay for headshots. And in that situation, it's just like, what do you do? Like I get signed with this huge manager she gets signed with the huge manager. And I was like, oh no, now she's here. I'm never going to book anything. And I love her and I'm so happy for her, but it was also like very hard. And especially at a young age, just to be like, wow, like I'm never going to out of, and it's just funny because out of the millions of people in the city, she's one person. And I'm sitting here being like, well, if she's going out for it, I'm definitely not getting it. Like who else knows my book it. But now that I'm older. And I do remember I had one friend, I was at an audition who also is blonde, who I've seen at tons of roles. We've both booked over each other. She, I was about to go in and she's like, shine your light, Sarah, just shine your light, go do the best you can do. And I remember being like, that's weird. We're going out for the same role. Like she was so supportive. And I've always remembered that. And I feel like from that moment, I sort of changed my mindset of feeling in competition with everybody to just feeling like I was supporting them. And if they got that role, they were meant to get the role. And if I didn't get it, I wasn't meant to get it. And trust me, sometimes you never understand and it sucks. Like, well, why wasn't I meant to get that? Like I would have been on a series, but for whatever reason, it wasn't your role. And it's something that you just have to accept. But I did have to grow and go through that. I appreciate your truth serum because it is so relatable. And you know, in my particular industry, as a woman in a very male dominated industry, like sports and NFL, there's so few of us around each other that my um, instinct initially, and I did have a tough uh, introduction into sports broadcasting because I had a producer who, uh, like, I don't even know if the word sabotage is correct, but I caught her badmouthing me um, to a friend of mine. And it, it always put a bad taste in my mouth. Like, A, this is a woman, and B, this is my boss, like a producer later on it ended up being revealed she just wanted to be on camera and it didn't shift for me until I don't know maybe like five or six years where I was like women don't need to compete in fact if we can become better allies with each other it's like when you carry that burden it's a tax on your own self-esteem your own nervous system when we measure each other by what this person has and what you don't have or what you have and what this other person doesn't have. And you release so much of a, like a grudge. And it's really attacks against yourself when you are feeling like you're in competition with anybody and you're not genuinely happy. And, and there was a quote recently within the last two months, that's been the biggest quote that I feel has changed my life. Um, it was at my girlfriend, Courtney's 40th birthday. And this is very true for her. She's quite magnetic actually that um, to inspire people, don't show them your superpower, show them theirs. And that mm. really resonated with me because I'm like, if we can just be positive mirrors of what we see in other people, 
And to give and to take a little bit of the less credit off of me, this producer, we won't mention his name, massive, massive producer who's very interested in Erica, wanted a Latina type comedy show. And so it just was a no brainer that like, of course, Erica's my best friend, but also it feels really fucking good to put somebody up. I mean, like that's just good karma in and of itself. So selfishly for myself, I was like, this is an, I feel good about doing this. And I think if we can shift that paradigm that we have about there's not enough room for all of us, I think it becomes like such an abundant perspective where good things actually just come to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think there's something in just being confident in your work and confident and not feeling insecure. Cause if you are worried about that next person, you're going to be in your head, you're going to already be giving that job to them rather than just being in your own, you know, your own person and going in and owning it and saying, this is what I can do. You either like me or you like her. It's fine. And you leave that way. You don't get in your own way. I think what were you going to say, Erica? I was just going to say that I don't like that, that, it is a it is very difficult for people to lift somebody up like that though the way that Aaron does and is um and that to me that means that you haven't done the work within yourself that's that's if 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 you have an opportunity to i mean it was obviously it was an, an introduction it didn't mean that he was going to be interested or interested or not but for Aaron she's like listen like it sounds like he could, this is an intro, take it from here and let's see what happens. And obviously like we didn't know that it would actually move forward. She wasn't, I don't know that she was really, she was just thinking, Hey, I'm going to intro my friend. I'm going to intro my bestie. Cause that's, that's what I do. And I just think that people don't do that enough because they're, they're, they're nervous or scared. Or I think nowadays there's, which again, it's social media, but there's a status. There's a status. We talked about, is this just in women or is this in men too? And unfortunately it is in men. It lives a lot in men because they feel you like- Oh, so? you think so? I, I don't know. I, yeah. I question that. I feel like it's worse with women, but I'm- I, I really... think in, in men, it's like they want to show off their nice house and their nice cars and their nice clothes and the nice watch or like what their wife is wearing, how big her ring is. It's like status. It's stuff like that. I think that they get competitive with for sure. But I think with women too, it's status. Don't you, don't you feel like it's what yeah. you're doing? What you like even career, I feel like there's competition in career, you know, like, Oh, well, you, you know, or she's even, or even moms, you know, not that I'm a mom, but I would imagine like moms have mom guilt. And they're like, I, I was having this conversation on the retreat with other moms who are like, Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't stay home enough. Or then the other perspective is, I, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm out living my life and I don't help my kids or I should be making more money. To, so it's like, I feel like even the mom metric is, is a weight on women, you know, like not being enough or not taking care of you, or are you taking too much care of you? And now you're not focusing on your kid. I don't know. I just think that like, we're all yeah, that's yeah, that, that's an that's another level too, because not only then is it between the moms, but then sometimes it's between the kids, which affects the moms, right? Like the kids could be in competition with totally. each other. Yes, right? Yeah. Yes. I, or or I, or you're comparing I, I, your kid I, I, to I, another kid 
oh, are they going to, are they going to, even with academically, sports, uh, activities, like, are you doing enough with them? Are you doing too much with them? Are you, should you, I mean, the list goes on and on for women. You're right. I mean, it is, it is probably higher, more competitive within women because a lot of times I'm sorry, but women can be super catty and gossipy. And also women can be competitive with men. Like they can be competing for men or like the attention and, and, um, Really quickly, because um, I know we need to wrap soon, check out the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix. I watched it yesterday. And one of the biggest things that I took away from him was, first of all, he was like one of the most hardworking, like his work ethic is unmatched. But what I learned from his, and I only watched the first part and part of the first part, because hello, hashtag jet lag. I'm still so exhausted. But what was really interesting was he was highly touted, very successful. At like 20, he was winning like Mr. Universe. And he was training in Austria. That's where he's from. But then he was telling his friends that he trained with, come to America. This is where you need to train. This is where the best are training. And I was like so moved that he wanted to help his friends out by competing with the best of the best. And I'm like, that is the mindset. He is creating such a healthy I mean, and it's competitive, but we can be competitive in a healthy way, but he is like, there's room for all of us. And he wanted to create a culture where like he was joking on his friends and he was working out with his friends and he wanted his friends to work out with the best and him. And I was just like that. I want that. I want, I want, if there's opportunity, I'm going to say, Hey friend, let's do this together. You know? And I always think like, if you surround yourself with successful people, it's just going to bleed through. You're all going to be successful. So you want to lift everyone around you up. You want to help people out because I do believe in karma. Like I always, if someone's like, Hey, can you refer me to your agent or your manager? I always would. Do you know how many times I might've asked somebody else and they're like, "Mm, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't have that mindset. Like I said, I've grown, I've been here for a long time. I've grown out of it. When I first started, I probably would have been one of those like, Oh, I don't know. Just because I didn't understand. There's room mm. for all of us. Um, yes. Before we sign off, I want to steal a little bit more from Sherry Shaw. Because again, I was like shocked she posts this today because she has some great advice. I doubt she listens to this, but in case she does, and I'm sure some actors listening know who she is and you might have seen this post on your own. So she says, let's shift the perspective on competition. Here's the truth. The only person you should be competing with is yourself. Instead of comparing your journey to others, focus on personal growth. Aim to get just 1% better every single day. It may seem small, but those incremental improvements add up to incredible transformations over time. I thought that that was um, great advice. And then she just says, let go of comparison and embrace personal growth in your craft. Celebrate every step forward, no matter how small. Believe in yourself, trust the process, and keep striving to be the 1% better each day. So it's like a little bit of advice, I think. But also how crazy that this was posted like an hour before we did this podcast. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's what we're talking about. But yeah. the timing was perfect. I, and I also, also- think, I don't think you should shame yourself. If you feel that I think understanding where it comes from, it's a survival mm-hmm. mechanism. And then, yeah, start to shift your perspective. Like we've all had it, you know, growing up in LA working in sports, like I for sure have had it where I have felt I need to compare myself to somebody else. Start asking the questions without adding the guilt or the shame that you feel that. And then, you know, start to make, like you said, the 1% small incremental changes 
so that you can maybe make an intro to someone or say something really fucking nice about somebody behind their back. One of the things that I do the best, like the most, and I think it's one of the most effective networking friend tools is when I hear someone saying something nice about somebody, I take that piece of information and I actually share it with someone. You know who does that all the time? Allison. So even if you hear someone in a circle saying something nice about somebody and you're not there, share it with them. It's amazing what it does for your, what you're providing trust in relationships is when people go, oh, wow, they're saying nice things about me. That's so nice. You know, you do do that. E-dog. You've done that to me several times and it feels really good. And I bet you got something out of it too. I was like, really? That was really nice. And then you feel really good that you made me feel good and you made me smile. Um, Also, if you're a mom, I just want to say one last thing because this happens to me often. Um, Obviously, again, you know, my kids are very active kids. Aviana's in dance and soccer and Jackson's in in soccer, like super competitive soccer right now. And I am really also good about sharing my network with soccer, like other soccer moms. Um, and that doesn't happen these days. Like there's so many people that are doing these amazing clinics or camps or training sessions, and they keep it all to themselves because they want to build their little athlete. And that is one thing that I have done with so many people. Um, I have, they were going to get kicked off the team or they were going to get put on the second flight, which is, you know, like the second tier. And they're like, oh my gosh, like we don't, what, what do we do? And I'm like, go train your kid, go use this, go do that, go do that. And I've literally have given them what to do, where to go, what camps. And I just think that that's a perfect example too, where you can allow other people to shine by helping out their children, because we, as we know, we do everything for our kids. So you um, share your secret weapons. Exactly. Share my secret weapons. And you guys said, this to us in the chat, I think Sarah was you. So I just want to say women need other women in their lives who think they are a a big deal. No competition, no backhanded comments, no jealousy, no hate. Just, I love you. I support you. And there's no one on earth like you. Here, here. Yes. I love that. That's a great note to end on too. But yeah, so basically just take this away. It's hard sometimes when you really want a job and you don't get it, but just be happy as much as you can and as genuine as you can for the people around you who are succeeding because it's going to be your turn. You will come next. And and let jealousy be a guidepost for what you want in life, right? I mean, when you're jealous, it's all it is is information to say, ooh, I think I want that too. And it's not that person's fault that they got it. So let just anything that happens to you be information to guide you along the journey. All right. Well, this has been an episode of Entertain Her. I'm SS. EF. Ooh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. Wait. I went with my uh, maiden name. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> Trying to stand up for women rights. No, I'm kidding. EC. I'm EC too. I'm EC. <laughs> Did you guys just realize this? You're both EC. That was so funny because we also call each other e dog. All right, we got to go. She's got to go to the airport. I love you guys. Oh, we love you. Thank you. See you next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.